Crowpod contains language and themes which may not be suitable for anybody. Pod Explains America, the new series here where, uh, well, me, along with uh, my buddy Colin, we try to well, explain America because God knows we need it. And uh, today we're, we're, we're going to talk about one of the fun ones that's been in the news lately, something that people really don't understand, I think, if you're from anywhere else in the world. Student loans, Colin, student loans, the, the only thing more befuddling than Ross Wilson's transfer policy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got nothing. Just I, you know, it's it, they're both conflagrations of money that make absolutely no fucking sense. I'm not sure how, you know. I I really don't want to. You, mean, you know, yeah. I, th- this is the way I'm going to put it. We're about to face IX in Europe, right? They just got a pile of cash for one of their players. They gave us a pile of cash for one of our players. Now, when IX say they have a list of players ready for when someone moves on, I believe it. Ross Wilson has been telling us this for years now, and yet we lost probably, I mean, Bassey was our best defender last year. Uh, Arebo was, I, I would think, our most important midfield player. Yep, for similar reasons. Yep, and yeah, here we are. Uh, our big move of the day was selling Stephen Kelly to uh, Livy. Man. Yeah, not <laughs> great. No. It's not great. No. Um I uh, I don't think he's got anything beyond googling or like jumping on a FIFA and being like, "Who's got the best card this week?" <laughs> oh man, I uh, you know there's there's people starting to kind of three minutes of Rangers chat won't hurt people. Uh, there's some shit going around. I, the way that they were messaging uh, on Morellis, the way the briefs were coming out of the club on Morellis, not 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 so much from Geo, but you know out of the club itself. Um, I, I, it's almost like they expected us to lose to PSV and then, you know, he would have been gone. Kamara would have been gone. Never made, and they could have validated that and instead here we are. And Gio did his job, although now he's in the untenable position of they haven't really given them a, a strengthened squad. And if he fucks up, it's his fault, not theirs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. It sadly takes us back probably a decade. I remember, you know, back when we were in the Champions League in the late 2000s, it was the same conversations. Yeah. And the, the same round, it'd be like, you know, we'd be like, oh, our, whoever our striker are, you know, they're going to go or they're going to go. Remember Alan Hutton? Yeah. And stuff like that. And it's like, you know what I mean about replacing me? And, and then we get the money and it's like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> Here's Jerome Rotan. <laughs> like, Really? Okay. Thanks. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we'll we'll do more on that later. Fuck this. So student student loan debt. Student loan debt. Now, yeah. Colin brought this one to me because he doesn't get it. And you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I don't either. Fully, I do understand a lot of it, but uh, you'd you'd have to 
ironically, you'd have to have many, many years of like doctorate level education to actually get a grip on this. And then you would be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, which you could never repay. Yeah. So, I mean, I come from a, a relatively, I, I, I'd say a standing where I relatively understand. I used to work in university admissions um, and I worked in North America. So I, I get how expensive it can be. But like, real, this is really kind of my that. So I went to University of Edinburgh. I paid exactly zero dollars for mm-hmm. my undergraduate degree in law, um, and so comparable university uh, in the rankings on that nonsense would be like Princeton or Yale, seventy thousand dollars a year. Yep. Just tuition. Yeah. Yeah. Without fees and. Residency, you know, we'll we'll get to part of the reason why the private universities here do what they do. But, um, you you know, I mean, I I want to like like Northern Illinois University is a a public research school just down the road here in DeKalb. Uh, It's been there since uh, 1895. It was started as as a woman's uh, like a teacher's college. It was a place for the women to go learn how to be teachers. Right. But uh, obviously that's changed. But tuition in state. Right, because we have this weird, another weird system here in the U.S. where you pay less for these state universities if you live in the state than if you live out of the state. Because, you know, the idea is that your in-state generated tax revenue helps fund these schools, right? Yeah, we have a a summer thing in Scotland versus the rest of the U.K. Right. You know, Scottish kids don't pay anything, uh, but if they go to England, you know, SAS funds it, but if English kids come up to... Uh, Scotland, they pay nine grand a year. So typically, I mean, like like the measure the measure for public schools is is mostly um, you can double whatever your in state tuition is, and that's going to be but about what out of state is. So like most of the Illinois state schools, the the schools in the directional school system of Illinois are around fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars per year for in state tuition. Out of state, it's around thirty thousand. And again, this is just your fees for classes, not, uh, you know, room and board, not your books, not food or weed or booze or all the other stuff that you need to get through university. And and NIU, uh, again, uh, one of the more competent, stable schools in Illinois, which has a pretty good state school system, its graduation rate is only 45%. And I want you to keep that in mind. As we talk about student loans here, because because the whole idea behind getting them is that you finish school, go on, have a career, make enough money that you can pay them back, and magic, right? That this is how we do this here. You have you've a slightly had, better system. You've had something really interesting there um, that always blew Americans' minds when I spoke to them from a Scottish university. Uh, I was like, they were like, "What's your graduation rate?" They'd be like, "Wow, well, like you pay about 93, 94%. And they'd be like, "What?" Like, well, we have a structure to our degrees. Yeah. Like, if a kid comes in, like, with some changes, you can flip around a little bit. But generally, they know what they're going to do for four years. Right. And so they do that, and then they graduate, or they drop out. And they're like, but what? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, well, I you know, let's look right now. I mean, NIU's undergraduate enrollment typically hovers around about 12,000, 13,000, right? So you're talking about 5,500 of those 12,000 kids will graduate. That that's yeah, that that's that's the efficiency of a state-run university in the in you know in America. It's it's a I, I don't want to call it a, a completely shattered system, but it's not great. 
Um, I stupidly chose to go out of state to the University of Tennessee, despite having numerous scholarship offers, either for in-state university or yes, yes. I am a volunteer folks. (laughs) Well, well clad in orange too. There's orange all over the fucking place, (laughs) but I I went there instead of, you know, because again, we got to think about this stuff. The way, the way our system is set up, you're asking, uh, 16, 17, 18 year olds to make decisions that will impact the next, you know, 50, 60, 70 years of their lives. Kids are not very smart. So you're asking them to make decisions. And, and obviously at that age, that's a lot of it's emotional, depending on how vested your parents are. Or, you know, again, if we go back to the private universities, the reason tuition so high at so many of them is because most of the people that go there are legacies, right? Their dads went there, their grandparents went there. And so they, they don't really, well, either one, they don't have to pay or two paying doesn't mean anything to them because their family's rich. Yeah. I went to out of state school. It was a bad choice. Again, turned down plenty, could have gone to in-state for free, could have gone to multiple other smaller universities throughout the Midwest for free. Uh, instead, I decided to go to the University of Tennessee and take out a bunch of student loans. <laughs> so and I will say, I, I mean, one semester I bought, I bought a Stratocaster with some of the leftover money I have. Which is a but part of the fun thing that you can do. I, I don't think people quite get this one either. You, you can overdraw on your loans, right? You, you, there, there's some that effectively you get approved for an amount for the course of your education. You know, so let's say that w- whatever guidelines the lender has says it usually takes four and a half or five years for somebody to complete this degree. Here's how much money it will cost you, right? In tuition, room and board, fees, and a little bit of excess living cash. And if you have leftover money, you can either roll that back into the loan, which is accruing interest the whole time you're in school, by the way. So while you can't be earning money, you have a loan that's accruing interest. And the university is the one. Yeah, yeah. And the university. I just wait didn't realize that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, again, there's two different tiers. Uh, Look, I'm not... uh, Please do not take this as a whole um, do-all, end-all on how student loans work. There's plenty of other podcasts or fucking websites to go find out. But there's basically two kinds. You have federal subsidized loans, which you don't accrue interest while you're in school, but those only cover a certain amount. And then you have private loans or unsubsidized loans, most of which will accrue interest while you're in university. The school will take that lump sum payment from the lender at the front, right? and give you an amount each year. They can keep that amount in the account where they are making money on it because they're being able to hold on to it and accrue interest, right? Gain money from money that you're borrowing through an approved lender from them. And that lender, the whole time that you have, you know, you're in university is charging you interest on that loan that the university itself is making money on. It's a fucking racket. It's, I, I mean, yes, it, it, I, the, the mafia does this kind of shit. <laughs> I mean, so here's a, here's a fun story. I was actually considered an out-of-state student at UT Austin, also bright orange. Yeah, the, the, the wrong uh, UT, yes. I, I will point uh, out that the University of Tennessee is the oldest land-grant university in the country and also has the right shade of orange, unlike the school that Colin went to. So, <laughs> so I, I have no love for UT. I'm a Georgia fan. That's a whole different story. Um, but I, like, I interest. I was considered out of state. They, they didn't differentiate between like out of state and international. They just like, you're not from Texas. Yeah. 
like sure <laughs> so like i mean graduate school is a little bit more expensive yeah um but like it just blew my mind that you know i was in class with people who were paying or in theory were paying half me i got a waiver which let me be in state which is a little different ballpark um but you know like the fact that these kids were taking out massive loans i'd worked and i'd savings and stuff to be teachers yeah yeah, which, to, to, which to go, I'm to sure go we're going to get to. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. making money here is not as necessarily easy. No. Uh, to repay those giant loans. No. Well, and I mean, you know, this is the thing. I understand, like, the base level income in the UK is generally lower. But you are not exited into life saddled with, as we'll find out on average, about $37,000 in debt that... Even if you continue to pay on schedule, on time, will you your loan the amount that you owe will continue to grow over the years until there's a break even point at which it begins to decelerate and then decline, right? But you can literally pay the amount that the loan company tells you, and and it depends on who it is because they package these things and resell them to each other the same way that we did uh, subprime mortgages. You know, in the 2000s. And that went really well. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not learn any lessons from that. But but they treat these things in the markets the same way. This this is how uh, I, I want to say. I mean, my better half on one of her loans, she's had four different providers uh, since since she left university because they just keep getting shifted around. And, and some you end up with like the weirdest names. Like one of them is the Rhode Island Student Loan Association or something. It's like what what in the fuck, you know? But again, it's it's a banking scheme. Rhode Island, Delaware, some of these states just it's easier to run a company like that out of. It's it's all it's it's not geared to help the students ever. So one thing like so I, I did get student loans like to help with um costs and stuff, but either they're way more subsidized than they are here. Right. Um and the, the crucial difference is like, you know, yeah, you might graduate with some student debt. That doesn't start getting paid until you earn fifteen thousand pounds a year. Yeah, it might even be more than that now. Yeah, and even then, it's a percentage of your earnings over that. Yeah, and there's it runs in my mind that there's either no or limited interest. I think it runs on inflation. Yeah, ours, ours, ours don't. You're, <laughs> like I, I paid my student. Don't get me wrong. Like I got not that much in student loans for variety of reasons. And I paid mine off when I was in my late, like mid twenties. Yeah. But it's again like I remember my first student loan payment was one pound. Uh, well, let, let's uh, you know, j- just to throw some figures here, and, and I want to get a few of the basics out of the way, and then we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back and tell you how we got to this point, right? Um, about eight million, seven, seven and a half, eight million Americans between the ages of eighteen, which is when you go to university, of course, to twenty-five, uh, carry some form of student loan debt, and the balance is around fifteen thousand dollars, right? So fifteen thousand dollars before you've even maybe begun to start your life, and because it's eighteen to twenty-five, again, we just looked at the graduation rate of Northern Illinois University, a pretty normal university, right, in this country, a forty-five percent graduation rate, which means those people carrying $15,000, again, on average, 45% of them, and honestly, probably a higher amount, 
uh, uh, or, or sorry, a lower amount did not graduate because typically, you know, means is a measure by which you, you do well at school. It means means yeah. you probably don't have to take out loans. Now for people in our age group or thereabouts, right? For adults between the ages of 35 and 49, how much do you think that 35 to 49 now, right? We're talking 10, 15, 20, 25 years out of university. How much do you think the average balance owed is on their student loan? It's going to be like plus a hundred grand. Oh, uh, it's, it's not that bad, but it is bad. For 40, 42,000, it exceeds $42,000. You are okay, in the so prime of your a- life. You have a car payment, a mortgage, kids, and you've got $42,000 sitting there that you're still trying to pay, which again, you're still probably only paying off the interest uh, <laughs> because you're not actually paying off the principal. That's how badly rigged these loans are. Oh, that's bad. I mean, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was, but still not great. <laughs> no. But um, again, again, I mean, think about how many of these people might not have finished their degrees. Or think about people, you know, like you said, teachers or, uh, you know, anybody, anybody who works in one of these professions that we always talk about all the time that they don't get paid enough. Well, no, but they still had to go to university for four or seven years and get a degree that is allowing them to not get paid enough. <laughs> So, like, if a teacher, say, you're looking at, like, a 40-year-old teacher, if they did that as an undergrad, uh, maybe went back and got a master's at some point, you're maybe talking 10-year service. Yeah. So, they're maybe going to be on 60. Depending on depending about, on where know. you work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's still, I mean, $60,000 is a lot of money. It's way above the poverty line here, poverty line, I say. And then commas. Yeah, but, I um, our, our poverty line was eighteen thousand for a family yes. of four, which is insane. <laughs> you uh, cannot live as a family of four on eighteen thousand dollars a year. I do, like, oh man, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, but even then, like you say, you you're in your your forties. So you've maybe got a mortgage, or you're you're still renting, and more likely in our age, still renting. Um, yeah, you know, food payments are going up. Your energy yeah. prices are going up. If you got kids, that sixty thousand becomes much, much smaller way quickly. Yeah, well, and and guess what? Uh, part of what you're supposed to be doing at that age is putting money away for your kids to go to college. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a feedback loop of just fucking nonsense. Oh, and things, it made sense. Like, I mean, my parents obviously, my parents didn't go to college and. What we didn't have a college fund, you know, yeah. So we we're working class, but also we didn't need one, yeah. Um, but like they could afford it because college cost 600 bucks in 1970, yeah. Well, you know what? That that brings me that brings me to my point here. We're, we're gonna quick break, quick break. We're gonna come back, Colin. I'm gonna explain to you how we got to this point, and just I think you, your head might. Folks, you're going to want to, at some point, turn down whatever you're listening to because I might fucking explode Colin's head when we come back here. So oh, That's right. going to be bad. Oh, it's, it's real bad. It's real bad. Right back after this.
All right, welcome back into Crow Pod Explains America. And uh, just like anything else here, you scroll down the show notes, there's a buy me a coffee link. Hit that, help us out. Helps do everything with the Crow Pod because this is pretty much all I'm doing anymore for right now. Uh, and of course, every month we're giving away some stuff from the famous. We picked our three winners on uh, Wednesday's main Crow Pod there. If you haven't listened, scroll down, you can check that out too. But uh, yeah, all you got to do, chip in, help out. Give me a hand, help me buy stuff for the guys that do the shows for us, and uh, you might win some stuff from the famous. So, and you Colin, she didn't pay off his student yeah, loan. Yes, my student loan debt. Good lord! So here's how we got here. All right, you're going to sit back, everybody. Just just kick back for a minute. If if you got your drink, go ahead. Just put it in your hand, relax, put your feet up, because uh, well, I'm going to take a few minutes here and explain just how we got to this situation, right? Because I think I think it's important to understand where and how we got to this point with our education system. And I think we have to, or, or at least try to accept that, you know, I mean, history and progress, right? They tend to, they, they want to move toward a more just society, right? I mean, that that's the aim, right, Colin? Like, that's, we're always moving there. We're not, we're not cutting people's thumbs off because they stole an apple anymore, you know? I mean, some countries <laughs> do, but that's it. But uh, at every period, you know, that, that, that we have that kind of progress, whatever measure, um, whatever measure of life, you know, sees that kind of progress is met with a reactionary bent, not only to stifle it, but to, to even turn back the hands of time. And of course, we see this right now in the U.S. with, with you know, everything that's gone on with Roe, uh, of course, the, the court case and, and that that allowed for abortion as just a basic right. And not only that, but a right to privacy, uh, which is slowly being eroded too. But that, but that was the outcome of a decades long effort by the right wing to control the courts, you know, as a means of legislation, because they're increasingly a minority party. I think Colin, you know, we talked about this last week in, in terms of the elections that this is part of their strategy, right? They can't win elections. So they want the courts. Yeah, I, I, that's that's definitely gonna be a future one because I have, as a law grad, I have many opinions on the legal <laughs> system. That 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 could be a long one. That could be a long one. But um, uh, civil rights, though, uh, and of course, one one of the largest gains of the civil rights movement was, uh, you, you know, allegedly equal access to education. We have Brown v. Board, which uh, you know said equal access to, to public schools. But then we also had the integration of universities by the federal government throughout the South. Uh, you know, attempted to claw back, especially for blacks, generations in which th- they were completely excluded. And so what happens is you get reactionary measures, right? Because this is, there's progress. So we have to, we have to stop that. And they're not always transparent, Colin. I mean, we, we don't, the Nazis didn't just come out and they're like, ah, fuck, you know, the Jews. No, they, they, you know, you message it and you get gradual gains, Right. That's it. And which I think is what we're seeing now when you have people who are literally calling for great, talking about the great replacement TV on primetime TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, one of those guys comes up here. So, <laughs> yeah, but, oh, but even before you get to that, I, you know, look, again, let's, let's take let's take blacks. Let's take a minority community. I mean, there's still there's still covenants on the books here in this town that like Italians, right? Italians in Rockford. And if it, anybody knows, which is probably four of my listeners trying to covenant Italians out of a neighborhood in Rockford, bad idea, real bad idea. But you, you know, you, you had redlining of property and real estate 
which deprived minority groups, deprived African Americans. Like not not only we're not talking about in the South, right? Redlining was Chicago and Los Angeles and Detroit and all these, you know. Oregon these... was founded as a whites only state. Yes. And Oregon's seen as the bastion of blitherness. <laughs> yes. No, Oregon is literally a, a, like a clan compound, is how they founded it. I mean, yep. that, that, was, that was it. But you know, redlining deprived access to just good neighborhoods. And of course, by that measure, you get rid of the access to good jobs and the access to good schools. And the access point to higher education in this country became relatively attainable, right? In the post-war era, again, not only for, obviously for for whites, it it was much, much easier and much, much cheaper. As Colin was talking about, you know, I mean, like you, you look at my parents' generation, Oh, I, I worked part time at at the fucking drive in and paid for my college because it was yes, of course you fuck it. It was yeah. six hundred dollars a year. No shit, you pay for it. Like, yeah, it, it was easy. But yeah, my father in law is seventy four. He he's from California. So he came out of state to go to the University of Oregon. Yeah, and he had like a house around the corner from where we live right now, like some nice neighborhood that he rented for like hundred bucks a month. And like his tuition was nothing, so like he worked part time in like uh selling like speakers and TVs and stuff. Uh, good living, yeah. And they you know, went home and uh, my mother in law bought their house kind of just outside the town on four acres, like in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, like both having just graduated in Europe, I was like, what? Yep. Mortgages, I mean, interest rates were higher, but you also yeah. made more money, and you didn't spend as much to get there in the first place. You know, and your house cost twenty thousand dollars. There you go, there you go. There is no rate of inflation that could possibly. I'm sure that house now is. <laughs> I mean, knowing Oregon, uh, it's probably eight hundred thousand. Well, they're getting to the age where we're starting to look at that sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you're pretty much buying on. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've had four hundred percent inflation since then. But you know, hey, right here, right. This is this is a good point because what 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 happens? What happens? You know, the access point to higher education uh, begins accelerating out of reach in the early 1980s, just like housing, just like the decline in union representation, just like the stagnation of wages, just like everything else. And who was the president, Colin? Right then, who, who was the guy? Eat Ronald Reagan Ronald so much. Reagan. Ronald Reagan. And as a side note, fuck Nancy Reagan because she doesn't <laughs> get enough hate. So. Oh man, I, I love. What was the, the? There was like an AIDS Day thing or something that came up. Or no, yeah, they get they gave her the stamp on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, what a cunt. <laughs> anyway, oh fucking both of them. <laughs> so what? One of the Reagan administration's is core principles, core goals, right? Free market, supply side, trickle down economics. You've all heard all this bullshit now, right? And it was Arthur Laffer. He was, a, he was the big genius behind this, one of the big guys that helped craft Reagan's policy, make sure he was awake, you know, that sort of thing. But, what you know, what was it? He cut taxes, right? Taxes are always too high. So he cut taxes. You somehow improve efficiency throughout the workforce. You somehow increase government revenues, you know, government revenues through those improved efficiencies, and then the abilities of the government to help provide for citizens. This, of course, is bullshit. Easily disproven. We've we've got four decades of data now showing this. You should have known it from the front. And well, and honestly, they did. 
they they just didn't give a fuck right it, it's 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 the means to an end you know they're getting to where they want to go the same they time the where they get their money oh yeah but at, at the same time Colin, what you just mentioned there one of the people that's that's helping inform some of the ideology behind this stuff is charles murray you know charles murray the name rings bells. This is the bell curve guy, the white oh, supremacist yes. theory wrapped yes. up in in this bell curve bullshit that IQ and and certain genetic traits and whatnot that you know they're, they're inherited. And black people are just Fucking dumber modern day eugenics. Yes, yeah. modern day measuring skulls. Yep, exactly. And it was wrong then. Again, just just like trickle down, you know, economics. It was a lie. And easily disproven has been for four decades, but in the Reagan administration, you, you have these ideas and they work in concert, right, to help push what had been the, the post war norm. You go to university, you get a degree, you get a better job, you improve the status of your family so that your kids can go to university and get a degree and get a better job and improve the right. And it was supposed to keep cycling this. It pushes that out of reach because that's the intended outcome. You input financial data social data that doesn't benefit lower and middle-class people and couple it again, you know, this racist background noise directing your policy choices and you're going to get this kind of output. And now what you're doing, you're going to, you're going to price people, price people out of universities because funding the university starts getting cut because tax revenues are declining, right? Because you're asinine economic theory. So then what happens? Tuition goes up, fee goes up. They all begin to skyrocket. And suddenly, the, these federal loan programs that we built specifically during the Eisenhower and then again during the Johnson administrations, they, they don't work anymore <laughs> because you've just decimated them in a matter of one generation. Yeah. So one, I think one thing that's worth noting is, although the university started being uh, integrated in the late 60s, yeah. like, uh, so I, I, I Clarence Thomas uh, was oh, one of two. Fuck people. him, by was, the way. Sorry, that's that's. We're going to do a whole episode. <laughs> fuck Clarence Thomas <laughs> and Jenny. Yeah, that's another, but yeah. Um, he was like one of the few black people who'd be admitted to. I think it was Yale. Yep, he like, to we're Yale. talking like twelve no black kids. Um, and he was furious about affirmative action helping him in, and it's like no, that's that's not what happened here. Like Yale had to be forced to just let just like twelve of you in. That's not okay. Oh, uh, he's um, he's oh no that that that'll absolutely. be a good episode. <laughs> and he was middle class. He, he had like oh he he was poor he, as yeah. fuck. I mean honestly, no, he, like, he like, well I know he but started like, poor. Y- y- yes, motherfuckers yes. brought middle class. Yes, yeah. Motherfucker went to private school. Right, but um, right. Like you know, he he had access. Most black people or most people of color, you know, indigenous people in this country didn't have that access, even though they were technically able to go. Well, well, and that's always the thing, of course. You know, people talk. Look, look fucking my my town here in Rockford still paying off a, a two hundred eighty million dollars settlement with with. Well, I think we finally finished paying it. I think it came off of our property tax bills this year or last year. But two hundred eighty million dollars settlement from the early nineties uh, for for how we bust uh, black kids around to basically resegregate the schools. This is in the early nineties. The, the shit didn't magically go away in 1954, people. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yay. Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, here, let, let's give... All right, so 
Right, Reagan does this shit, right? And you can go look. I mean, the, the cost of education immediately, 1982, starts going up, right? State-funded education. Private schools, wholly separate thing. I, whatever. If you can go to a private school, you exist in a different world that none of this fucking matters to you. Don't care. Yeah. Right? So so what happens? Private lending, of course, comes in for, for higher education. Because if you give big banks just, you know, like the littlest crack, they're, they're going to take it all, right? And, and this... This keeps growing steadily from the end of Reagan through Bush through Clinton, right into the the Bush uh, Bush forty three right the you know yep. W right in the W's administration. Student loan debt keeps climbing, and the banks are saying, "Hey, you know uh, uh, these people are leaving university with a massive amount of debt that they can't pay off, and they're trying to discharge this via completely legal avenues, which are." bankruptcy here in america right the, the, this is one of the problems with everybody losing their shit over the biden administration paying off a little bit of student loan debt is that the government pays off debt all the fucking time it's called bankruptcy we do this constantly and governments have done it for thousands of years now but w because you know just like with everything else he his buddies start hounding him he puts a roadblock on those avenues right and Obama comes back in 2010, responds with a measure, and just like so many of his key legislative measures, whether it was trying to drag us out of the recession or anything else, he he played assuming that the side that that, that you're going up against holds any semblance of, I don't know, integrity or, or values or just care for people because they, they don't give a shit. And so th- they left holes in this system that could still be exploded or exploited, right? So loan debt, again, it, it fires off. I mean, th- this thing's like a fucking Saturn V or a, well, what was it? It's an Artemis rocket now, right? It's an Artemis rocket, which, well, I guess that hasn't blasted off yet. Yeah, We'll, we'll stick great. with the Saturn V. <laughs> but, so when W acts the bankruptcy provision, okay, and this was in 2005, I want to say, student loan debt was $450 billion, which is a pretty oh. good chunk. When the Obama law went into effect, it was 800 billion we're talking about five years okay since then student loan debt in this country has gone to 1.7 trillion dollars roughly more than 45 million americans are carrying student loan debt the average balance sheet on that is around thirty-seven thousand dollars. and like i said for so many of these people even if you pay the right amount every time in the month, that interest continues to grow. Your balance sheet continues to grow until there's finally a break-even point at which you stop paying off the interest that you accrued while you're in university or while you deferred your payments on loans. You can do this or you can defer payments on loans, but the interest will keep accruing um, until you get to that point and you actually start paying off the principal because the banks figured out Look, if there's a you get banks a system to manipulate, they're going to do it, and that's how we got to where we are, Colin. Fucking speechless, <laughs> and not involved in the prize. So, I mean, she's apparently experienced like uh, my wife's American. She she went to the U of O, so she was in state. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember to ask her last night how much her student total student debt was. I can't remember, but she she actually so her her student loan is now gone. Thanks to Uncle Joe. Hey, um, yeah, we're we're, we're like, not that lucky in this. I, well, I think uh, the the better half her her subsidized loan. She has a hundred and fourteen dollars left on. I think the 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 other one, the private loan. No, 
no. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, like Stacey, so also not the last say two years with the uh, payment pauses, but like she it was three hundred bucks a month extra in her pocket, and and you know, so she only had like nine thousand dollars, like. I, and I, she was still talking like it was going to be a couple of years. Yeah. Which is wild at yeah. 300 bucks a month. Like, that's, that's, well, it's not car payment anymore. No, no. Car <laughs> payment now is apparently $1,200 at that one uh, yeah, TikTok that. video, to be believed. <laughs> well, you, you know, I, well, and here's the thing, too, right? Obviously, the, what brought us to this is Joe Biden, uh, you know, he said, look, uh, it's going to forgive $10,000 in student loan debt, up to $20,000 if you qualify for Pell Grants. And why Pell Grants are important in this is because Pell Grants are pegged to, to economic status, basically, right? It, it, yeah. Because the, the system, again, so much of how, well, look, if your parents went to college, the, your family probably makes more money, which makes it easier for you to go to college and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I think I, I don't need to explain generational wealth to our, you know, to, to our listeners at this point, right? Um, so let, let's look at uh, recent black graduates. And this is from the New York times in 2019. Oh, on average, 7,400 more dollars than their white peers. Right. Cause again, their families probably don't have money to put them through school because their families never went mm-hmm. to school because they weren't allowed to go to school four years after at graduation, right? Four years after graduation, they owe on average about $55,000 in total on average, which is about twice the amount that the average white graduate has. Okay. So these are for black people who have actually gone through and finished college. Oh, about $55,000 more four years after they graduate than, than the average white person. 12 years after entering college, white men, then this won't shock you about white men pay off 44% of their student loan balance. White women, that's right around 30. Okay. Black, this is okay. what I'm talking about right here. Black men saw their balances grow by 11%, and black women saw their balances grow by 13%. 12 Jesus. years after entering college. Like, why do I keep being surprised? Yeah, it's, it's fucking, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. The, the, the St. Louis Federal Reserve, right? We're, talk, we're talking about the Fed, right? This is yeah. the bank, maybe the, the most important bank in the goddamn world. Said in the report, I'm quoting from this, existing racial wealth disparities and soaring higher education costs may replicate racial wealth disparities across generations by driving racial disparities in student loan debt load and repayment. That's how fucked this system is. That's why the Pell Grant thing was added to the bill because, again, it's income-based and typically yep. minorities don't have that kind of income in their family. So that's why that $10,000 rider was put on that the, the cap that was put on as a percentage of income, which should have been done the second any of this. Should, again, this is one of the holes, the back doors that Obama left open. I will point out, by the way, folks, Joe Biden was his vice president. So he, he could have had some influence on this back in 2010 where people were telling him, hey, this is getting really bad, really fast. You need to do something to stop this. Didn't do it then. Thank God he's doing it now. But, you know, we're, we're talking, I mean, we're 15 years out. That's, that's for some people, you're, you're talking about a third of their, their, their work, you, you know, their, their, their work life, the life that they have to be able to go out there and, and, and raise money. And well, and then too, because the banks, 
again, the banks will find a way to manipulate this shit. There, there's ways in which you can draw money out of like your retirement accounts, which again, probably a future episode, the fact that the retirement age in America is probably now higher than the average life expectancy, <laughs> um, but that you can draw on retirement accounts uh, without penalty to pay off student loans, but you're drawing money from the bank to pay money to the bank at a higher interest rate as opposed to an account that you're actually making money on. So so on your point, uh, Mississippi has already announced it's going to tax uh, the student loan relief. There you go. All, all these southern so, states. M- Mississippi, by the way, I think uh, it, Alaska is always at the front of this just because of how the oil system and the fact that nobody lives there. Mississippi uh, gets more money per federal tax dollar than any state except for Alaska. Uh, I want to say for every dollar that they send to the federal government, they get was it like a dollar seventy three back. So that rings bells. Yeah, um, there you go. And more because uh, sadly Jackson's lost all of its water. Yeah, I I really wanted to talk about that on yesterday's crow pod. Uh, and folks, if you don't know, please do take a minute go look this up. Jackson, Mississippi, the capital of Mississippi, Mississippi's largest city, doesn't have water. And I don't mean this in a in a sense of uh, I, I, I don't. I don't even know how to equate this. I guess the only the only comparable thing lately would have been what, like Cape Town? Didn't Cape Town go through this a few yeah, years ago? Like just, but but that was drought. Yeah, that that was drought. This is entirely man made. They just don't have water that they can use for. They, they can't even shower in this shit. No. It's that bad. It's that polluted and that poisoned. And we were talking about a city with a hundred and eighty, two hundred thousand people. But again, I, I, I won't give you guesses. For, for what the, the demographic breakdown is, Jackson, Mississippi is roughly 85% black. So, they also vote heavily votes Democrat in a heavy, heavy red state. Yep. No, uh, their governor lo- looks like he has silly putty for a face. It, it, it's, like, it's like if Tucker Carlson fucked Clayface from the old Batman the Animated Series cartoon. That's that's what their governor looks like. And, and I loved, he said, he said something to the effect of, um, you know, we got to work with our partners and blah, 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 and all this shit. Again, Jackson's the capital. This is where he works. He has not talked to the mayor in Jackson about this as of, well, I mean, it's what Thursday now, as of Monday, he had not talked to the mayor of Jackson about this, um, who also happens to be yep. a black man. <laughs> so He also has a water tanker outside uh, of his house. Because he's fine. Yeah. Yep. So, Colin, student loans, do you get it now? <laughs> I mean, no. No. No fucking don't. <laughs> it's still nonsense. Does it make more sense than Ranger's transfer policy? <laughs> About the same, mm. I would say. Um, no, no, Ranger's transfer policy is still weirder. <laughs> I'll throw that one out there. Oh, um, man. It's just bizarre. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, coming from somewhere where, you know, like, Lucky enough got to get into University of Edinburgh. Because uh, I came for that background, working class. I was a non-traditional student, as they call it. Um, you know, and comparing that to somewhere here, somewhere backgrounds, it's like, how do you... Your friends have the kids, and it's like, do you just pin your hopes on one of them? Yeah. Like... Yeah. It's a bad... Sports, so that they can get a scholarship. Yes. 
Well, uh, Which we didn't uh, even talk oh, about. shit. I, I forget the, the, there was the uh, what what did we call it back then. It was called the Hope Scholarship. I think I think is what it was. Uh, 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 this was a program that I want to say expired around the time I went to university. But this was a thing that your parents instilled in you, like you make sure your fucking grades stay good enough to, to keep this Hope Scholarship. You know, I mean, it was effectively a grant thing. You, you had to maintain a pretty baseline GPA for somebody that's trying to go to university. But I, you know, it was something that we were taught back, like. You fucking lose that hope scholarship. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's well, but uh, no, I slightly more, slightly more knowledge to be angry about. Yeah, well, well, and think about too, uh, you know we we didn't even touch on the for profit universities, um, which are suddenly becoming a much bigger problem. Like for profit universities, I don't know if you'd be familiar with like Devry or ITT Tech, or maybe even Trump University, if you were dumb enough. But, uh, as a yeah. University of Phoenix. University of Phoenix, very good. Which uh, sponsors an NFL stadium. It does. Yes, the, the, the Arizona Cardinals. In 1996, I want to say, I'm, I'm spitballing these, so, but I'm sure I'm close. In 1996, out of 100 students that went to a for-profit school, so like the University of Phoenix, it was somewhere around 20 to 25 uh, of those students would default on their student loans, right? By 2004, that number was about 45. And of course, by today, I, th- I think it's around 63 to 67. Yeah, And those aren't, those aren't like, for context, those aren't cheap. No. You no. Know, and and again, th- this, this will ruin your fucking life before you even get it started. Yay, America. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, because by the way, you can't really rent shit here anymore without a credit. They don't look at credit worthiness, which is your ability to pay your bills. Everything's based off a credit check, which is another thing developed under Ronald Reagan that nobody can really explain how it works. <laughs> yeah, try explaining a rental a little longer. Like, <clears throat> I don't have a credit score. What do you mean you're not a credit score? Well, I, I haven't lived here long enough to have one. Colin, Colin, pay, pay your car payment off and watch your credit score go down 40 points the next day. <laughs> no sense. None at all. <laughs> so there you go. Student loans. Student loans. Like I said, if you, if God help you, if you are someone out there who wants a little bit of, of information on how to, uh, maybe your kids are getting ready to go to school. Maybe you're, for some reason, a 16-year-old listening to us talk. Uh Please go look up better sources of information. There are plenty of them. But I can this, actually recommend there we go. Uh, NACAC.org. Uh, NACAC. or NACAC.com. So uh, how, how do we spell College this? Admissions. N-A-C-A-C. It's a college admissions counselors group uh, that's national. Huge. And they have a ton of resources for American kids, including FAFSA, all that kind of stuff. This was my old job. So. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I will make sure I will put that link down in the show notes. So if you are looking for actual information on how to pay for college and not, uh, well, just fuck up your entire future. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it. Crowpot explains America. Hopefully, uh, uh, I don't know. I, it's student loans. Like I said, I, I know, I know a bit, um, but even everything I said there, uh, it doesn't even begin to cover it. And I'm still wanting for, for knowledge and information about this shit all the time. But uh, yeah. there you go. I don't know if I can even delve deeper into it today. I might actually snap. Yeah. But... No, I, it, 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 it will. I mean, 
you know, you get the blood blood vessels going in the eyeballs and all that kind of stuff. It's it's uh, yeah, it's poor. Th- thankfully, I, I will, you know, just to close this on a good note, a lot of cities, and especially, you know, like Rockford, where I live, is a, well, it's a Rust Belt city, a heavy minority city. And thankfully, we have a very good mayor, Tom McNamara, who's a friend of mine, who really helped push through a program that any kid going through Rockford Public Schools that maintains a 3.0 GPA through high school. So uh, the the B average, the B average through high school can go to the aforementioned Northern Illinois University for free for undergraduate. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that, and that is a progressive solution to the problem of student loan debt, not a reactionary one that we're dealing with now. So. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That yes. is a positive note, All right, well, thanks as always, Shane. No, no, it's been great. Colin, of course, you can find that, uh, was it? Don't, don't, don't tell Colin. Don't tell Colin. Yes, again, yeah. you can scroll down in the show notes, you find them there. Everything from me at Avoid of Ken. Scroll down, hit that Buy Me a Coffee link if you like what we're doing. If you have something about America you want me and Colin to try to explain, or if you want me to try to explain while Colin sits there dumbfounded, please let us know and we will try to make it happen. A lot of speechlessness in this episode, I will say. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rough one. It's a rough one. But there you go, folks. Th- thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy it. Well, you know, we got the football at the weekend. So please be safe. Have fun. Hopefully we get, uh, hopefully we get those three points. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Some people call me the space cowboy. 